Hello! Welcome to episode two of How to Get Through a Breakup. Yes, welcome to Cabby Thieves, the snippy, snappy, concise podcast from two gals who definitely thought this was going to be a two-parter. Yeah, we 100% planned for that, and that's why there wasn't a random stop at the end of the first episode. (laughs) Wonderful. So, let's just jump right on in with our win and our wine. Yes, Maddie, what's your win for the week? My win for the week Mm -hmm. is plain and simple, Fiona, it's just pasta. Um, I love pasta, guys, and this is not in a quirky (laughs) pick-me way. This is not like, I'm just so good. I fucking love pasta to the point where I think I love pasta more than anyone else. Um, It has been a thing my entire life that there is, like, a normal portion of pasta and then there is a Maddie-sized portion of pasta. And this is, like, from my grandparents. They're like, we made you a Maddie-sized spaghetti. And Fiona, do you remember when you were at my house, like, a month ago? Mm -hmm. Um, Wow, two months ago. Jesus. Time time flies. (laughs) There was one night where I was like, ugh, I'm just in a blah mood. And then I made that spaghetti. Yeah, and you were so happy. Yeah, you guys might be thinking, what kind of spaghetti uh, literally plain spaghetti with margarine and grated parmesan. Yeah. And I She's was- She's a real gourmet chef over here. <laughs> I was so happy. It was the purest joy. I, rem- I just kept telling you how happy I was while I was you eating did. it. And I was like bouncing and like smiling. Like <laughs> I just truly love pasta and- it is so versatile. You know, you've got your plain pasta, you've got pesto pasta, you've got carbonara, you've got bolognese, you've got lasagna, you've got Jesus. mac and cheese, the king of the pastas. you got like cat- cannelloni or cannoli. Which one's the pasta? Which one's the dessert? I don't know, guys, but plain and simple. I love pasta. The fact that pasta is so cheap, so easy, and it's just, it just hits me in a way very few other things in life do. That's I'm very happy for you, Maddie. Well, my win yeah. is also honestly kind of just as basic. So mm-hmm. we have a sofa bed in our living room. I will pause, Maddie, insert a pause here for applause for being such a grown-up that we have a sofa bed. Um, Me too. So we get two applauses. Yay. Um, and over the weekend, uh, a friend and I were just feeling a bit blep under the weather. And it's very rainy, cozy vibes in Sydney right now. I love cold weather, so I'm more than vibing with that. Um, yeah, and so we turned, yeah, we turned the sofa bed into the bed part of the sofa bed instead of just the sofa version and like piled on the pillows, got the duvet ready and just watched musicals all night. And I was like, this is the most basic. We also made vegan cheesecakes. Oh, it was so good. Um, and I was like the most basic bitch, like indoor cozy vibes, like knee high socks and a sofa bed live your dream. But oh my God, it was so good. So actually, that. no, you know, what my other wind is as well. I recently got um, some LED strip lights, just like a Gen Z child, um, because Uh turns out lights impacting your mood is an ADHD thing, because I have no personality. Um, It's like how I get really mad when the room is too dim. Yeah, I need to be able to see what I'm doing. Yeah. And at the same time, sometimes I'm like too bright. Yeah, for me, it's always too bright. And so now we have this light, which is like very dimmable and can change color so I can have whatever tone I want in the room. And I'm absolutely obsessed. So basically, I'm just a bit of a homebody. I'm nesting, if you will. Um, and that's my win. What's your wine, Maddie? My wine is, let's see. Oh, yeah, this is a wine. And it's more of a like, <laughs> uh-oh. Oh, no. Um, and it's something that I, I had this realization a couple weeks ago. And it's something that, like, I think we already knew on, on some level. But I've really had oh, no. to acknowledge that the uh, linking factor between pretty much all of my hyperfixations... Uh huh. Is death. <laughs> Big mood though. All of them. It's just death. 
um, shipwrecks, death. I went through a huge Mount Everest phase. Yeah. Death. Um, World War Two, death. French Revolution, death. It's Ancient not our fault Rome, that death, death isn't so murderers, many things. Death. death isn't just like so many things. How, how do you Sharks, avoid it? death. Volcanoes, death. Like, and it's, these are all things that you can have independent of death, I guess, for the most part. Not yeah. all of them, not murderers. But the driving but factor is always the, the dark I and the macabre. Yeah, I went through the biggest mountaineering phase, guys, during the time we weren't recording. I spent like two months just watching mountaineering documentaries all mm-hmm. day long. Um, and I really do only care when there is the threat of loss of life. Um, and then I'm thinking about like sharks. I love because they scare the shit out of me. Volcanoes, yeah. I don't really care unless there's loss of life. I watched a massive documentary series about just um, a viewing platform that collapsed in New Zealand. Yikes. Yes. So. Um, also, my dumbass was what about, about to be like, what about Pompeii? And I was like, that had... A lot, a lot of death. death. <laughs> I was like, I love yeah. Pompeii. And I'm like, a lot of yeah. death. Yeah. And all my favorite historical like periods mm. are pretty bloody. Um, so that is, it's a wine because it's like, I mean, I'm happy with it. I love watching my death things, but it is <laughs> probably something that's like, I should be able to be really interested in something without there being a morbid fascination. Yeah. Um, I love my dog. He's not death related. Yeah. Um, but I doesn't hit quite the same though, does he? So that's my that's my <laughs> wine. Quite is the that same as shipwrecks. I've had to after and even my in childhood, all of my it was all the shipwrecks were huge, volcanoes huge. Yeah. Like it and it is I cannot get enough of true crime. It's all I watch, it's all I listen to. Um so oopsie, I guess, guys, is my wine. Oopsie daisy, but <sighs> I can't change who I am. So Yeah. Yeah. Well, my wine is I've recently found a TikTok trend, which is little fuckboys on TikTok. It's lip syncing. Like, they have the camera way above the head, but not in, like, the fun, like, cool way. But they're just, like, looking up at a camera as if they're looking at a tall person. And they're like, don't send me nudes. Send me this instead. And it's them going, like, I am a potato, like, in a baby voice. Ew. And they want you to send it from that angle. I'm like, you're going to prison, sir. Like, that is one to fucking watch for Every single person who yeah. uses that sound and the sound audio's name, because you can change it if you make the audio, is literally mm-hmm. now like, stop using this for sexual things. Like, because the audio creator is like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Like, this isn't a kink thing. Don't ask a girl you're crushing on to send you. Oh, God. People agree, man. The fact that they like just boldly put that on TikTok, I'm like, you guys are fucking dumb. But yeah, good. That's like, show us that you're pedo. Thing. Yeah. So. So, yeah, I was like, yeah, that compared to that. That is good wine. Yeah, thank mm. you. Anyway. And look at us go. Only seven minutes, guys. It's probably because we were talking so fast. But <laughs> yay for us. Now, um, if you haven't listened to part one, go back and do that first. I would also recommend listening to International Breakups, The, the Positives of a Breakup, and Maddie Got Dumped. Yeah. Uh, Some classics. We're going to pick up where we left off at the end of part one. Yeah. And that is with journaling. journaling. Do you reckon we could harmonize? Journaling? Okay, sorry. We could, Continue. but we're not going to. Yep. Putting well, that in the Fiona, podcast pitch I think you could, you could harmonize with anyone. You're such a songbird. Thank you. Um, but I don't think the people need to be burdened with my my melodies here. Yeah. I also don't want to threaten people. I want them to feel like this is a safe space where everyone is equal. Once you guys hear my voice, mm, might lower that. So... Okay, continue. (laughs) I felt all the will to live leave my body. (laughs) Speaking of wills leaving, we've got... Stop! (laughs) That was pretty good, right? That was really good, yeah. For those who don't know, Will is my ex. So, (laughs) journaling. 
Yeah. Last episode, we talked about how I've started realizing that vitamins aren't a scam. Something else that I have had to realize is a real actual thing that very much helps is journaling. That's true. Journaling is the one that I thought was more of a scam and then I did it. And I was like, huh, crazy. Yeah. So whenever you're going through something in life, people are always like, talk about it or journal. And you're like, yeah. how is that going to help me? Genuinely from a stubborn bitch who has to learn everything for herself. Yeah. I am like an actual, not Messiah. Who are the ones that like go out and preach for the Messiah? An apostle. Um, Yeah, whatever. I'm one of those guys for (laughs) journaling. Like I go out and I tell everyone just freaking journal. Because all the turning points I've had in my life in terms of like mental health or going through something really hard have happened when I've talked to someone about it. Like there really is, it is like the magic turning point is just talking to someone about things. And journaling has the same effect. So when I was going through my breakup, I literally have a breakup journal. It's front and back pages. It is from January 9th to February 15th. And I filled the entire book because anytime I would start to feel anything, my instinct, and I think a lot of people's instinct is to like sit with that feeling or try and ignore it. But what I've discovered is the best thing to do is just start writing about it. Just be like, I feel like this, or I can't stop thinking about this, or just dump it down write it by hand as well is really important it's very annoying at first to write by hand really annoying but it does it forces your brain to work in a different way i don't know the psychology whether that is a real thing um we believe it yeah once you start working through these emotions and just writing down how you feel try and unpack why it is that you're feeling it or what element of this is triggering you to feel the negative emotion what it is that you're worried about like just unpack whatever it is that you're thinking or feeling. And once you've written it down, a lot of the time you will reach some sort of resolution. Like you will understand what it is that's upsetting you and realize that it's not quite that bad. Or at the very least, you've written it all down and it stops taking up that brain space. Because what our brains try and do is we hold on to things. We are afraid of letting go or forgetting things even if they aren't things that are pleasant to hold in our brains. And once you write that information down, your brain says, okay, we've got that written down. We've done it. It's there. It's preserved. I can let go. Yeah, it's it's easier to process everything once it's just on paper. Yeah. If I can give you one piece of advice, please just journal generally in life. It will help you so much. I haven't been doing it enough recently and I've noticed a difference. Yeah. Um, If you have to start out, like if it's really hard for you and you're not naturally like a writer or a sharer, because we are both very like introspective people. Yeah. It is, it comes very easily to me to, to do that. Yeah. If it's hard for you, then do just start by like typing it up on your computer. just try being enlightened like us. (laughs) (laughs) Or try being stuck in your own brain like an only child of a broken home with ADHD (laughs) and mental illness. Um, God, I feel everything so intensely. It's a blessing and a curse. (sighs) It's a blessing for you guys because it does help me share gives you the content yeah if it's difficult for you then do just start by typing out like on your computer because it is better for you to get something out yeah nothing and often i do find with people that like telling them to write something down by hand is what puts them off it's a big task yeah anyway let's go into some of the ways that you would journal because Mm -hmm. i think that sometimes just being told to write is difficult but we have made a beautiful list of different things you can journal about to help you Mm -hmm get through it so yeah let's dive into those maddie okay the first thing is one that we've already kind of talked about and it's just venting and processing emotions and allowing them to pass and what you need to do is let go of 
Because I'm always like, what if my grandchildren read this journal? Or like, I'm very theatrical. So I'm like, it must be perfect. And I have to, sometimes I put on a bit of a front and I'm like, I'm okay with this. You have to drop that. You have to be like, I feel like shit. Mm. This is a horrible thought I'm having. Honestly, have different journals if you need to get through that. Like have one that's like all emotions. I have a journal that will never see the light of day. And that's where I put the ugly stuff. And then the other ones I can be more dramatic and put in a performance. Yeah, and I have a normal journal and I stopped writing in that the day of the breakup and started one that is just for breakup mm-hmm. because I was like, I need a space where I can write down. If I w- There are some pages I wrote, I wrote like 12 pages in one day because I was just having a really hard day and I needed to work through what I was feeling. Yeah, And you have to be okay with writing things down that make you feel a bit pathetic or things that you know aren't true. Like I would be like, right now I feel like I'm never going to feel better or Mm-mm. I feel like blah, 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 blah. And even if you know... That's not rational or true. It is how you're feeling. So just write it down. Because if yeah. you keep it locked in your little brain, it festers. Um, so yeah, just brain dump. Write yeah. down everything you're feeling, everything you're thinking, and then try and trace it back. And be like, I started feeling this way when I had this thought. What is it about this thought that makes me feel like shit? You know, just yeah. unpack it. Um, also, documenting the relationship and the breakup and all the drama that happened. My mm-hmm. favorite example of this is when I had my high school breakup. Mm-hmm. I wrote, oh my God, they're so embarrassing. I need to find this journal's books. I don't know where it is and that's a panic. Um, I just wrote pages on pages of like, just the most dramatic way of explaining a breakup of a guy I didn't really care about that much. So just like do what you have to do to kind of preserve the relationship. Cause like, I love sentimentality. I'm always going to want to hold on to things in a little bit. So Mm -hmm. like just use that journaling process to write down everything you've been feeling and all the drama that came along with it. So you know that you have it on paper. So you are allowed to like, let go of it and stop thinking about it and stop talking about it. Because, like, it's down. You're not going to forget. You've captured it. Don't worry. Yeah, and there are no rules as well. Like, Fiona and I are both very into, like, um, remembering important things in our life, even if it's mundane periods Uh of time. Yeah. Like, Fiona started a whole journal just writing down, like, what her daily life was at different points in our life. I need to start doing that. Yeah, and if you get into the habit of journaling, then next time you're in a relationship, you'll just be writing things down as you go. But... There are no rules in what you write after a breakup. So if you're like, I remember this one really amazing day we had together and I don't want to forget that, just write it down. Yeah. Like it can be helpful for that as well. And truly documenting the drama, the fact that my instinct, when I was on the day of my breakup, I was like, this is going to be horrific. I need to do something. I need to get something out of this. So I started this new notebook and I started recording those voice memos and it did make me feel better because I was like, this pain is going into something. And if I want to use this later I on. I feel like I've that's more us down. though, Maddie. That's definitely more us. <laughs> yeah, not... but it can help other people. <laughs> yeah. I fair. think you're forgetting everything we know about the people who listen to this podcast. True. You guys are just like they, us. You guys that's want, <laughs> you, you want to capitalize on your pain. <laughs> uh, yeah. The next one as well. Positive affirmations, Maddie. Mm-hmm. You talk um, about this it. This is another one where you... Yeah, you have to be okay with just feeling really lame in your journal. Yeah. Like some days, if I think of like a phrase, and it can be the most basic shit. It can just be like, like, I will, I will feel fine. Like I will be okay. Um, these things don't have to affect me if I don't want them to. Um, or just like positive things about yourself, or like positive affirmations anything positive that comes into your mind if that sentence makes you feel a little bit better if you when you think about it, it yeah just write it down 
Um, yeah, the key to journaling is just writing down a bunch of lame stuff that you would never, ever share with anyone. Yeah. But even just writing down the sentence, one day I will be fine. Yeah. You are reinforcing that psychologically to yourself. So it can be really helpful. Yeah. Also lists. I have a lot to say, and I literally have my little breakup journal in front of me here, guys. Well, go on, Maddie. Okay. Tell us more about positives of the breakup. The positives of the breakup are literally, this is one of the first lists you should do. This is on page three of my breakup diary. And you just write down as many positives you can think of about the breakup. They can be big. They can be small. Like one of mine is- as petty as you want. Yeah, mine span everything from no more lying to inspo for novels, you know, like yeah. my sense of self is returning, a big push to get my life together, then simply the word unobserved because I could just live my life without having someone there all the time. Yeah, lockdown like, is what big one for that. Yeah. So sometimes it'll be really, really hard for you to come up with a lot of positives of your breakup. But that's why you just keep adding to these lists. Whenever you think of something new, you come back and you write it down and you'll start to find like this, this helps you connect the dots of things that you maybe weren't so happy with. And it brings it up in a way that isn't that negative to think about. Yeah. The next one is um, what would be the cost of staying in a dysfunctional relationship? And this is a really important one. I got this one from a psychiatrist suggested Uh making this. Um, the cost of staying in a dysfunctional relationship can be anything from like unbearable trust issues and no real personal growth. Yeah. Um, like limited self-expression, lower self-confidence, or even just daily things like I feel stressed out when I want to do this thing. Yeah. Really write down for yourself what what would be the negative impact of staying in a relationship that is not functioning. And yeah. that's a, a pretty important, serious one to really think about. Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also write down a list of both things you can control and things that you can't control, because that helps you to understand also in general what you should be focusing on. Okay, the things you can control is what you should mm-hmm. be focusing on. Yeah. And also just acknowledging for yourself what you can't. So like, yeah, you, like can't you can't control someone else's emotions, someone else's behavior, like yep. things that have already happened. Um, random external twists are things that you can't control. Yeah. Um, you can control yeah. how you respond to them, how mm-hmm. you move how forward. Much, how much you communicate with this person, your own actions, how you fill your time, um, what you say to others about the situation. And even things yeah. like whether whether I leave the house, I can control that. Yep. Um, how well I take care of myself. You also need to do things that you personally can work on. And I think you did a really good job of that during this breakup, Thank Maddie. You. Because... Yeah. You know, as the as the listeners know, you were in a bit of a hole before that. Mm-hmm. So seeing you be able to come out of this and also focus on the things that you could do better in future relationships, I think has helped to set you up to be like a better person coming out of the relationship and or you'll be a better person in your next relationship as well. Yeah, because the reality is when a relationship fails, a lot of the time it is not just one person. Like there are things that are going wrong on both sides. Mm. And also if you're in a relationship that has been draining you in some way, you very likely are not the best version of yourself. Yeah. And so there will be things that you want to work on both for yourself alone and so that you can bring more to your next relationship. Yeah. And this was a, a list that was really important for me to write because I was so, I didn't know where to start. I was like, I know that I need to, get back to being myself but I don't know specifically what I need to work on and literally like some of them are are really basic things but they're things that are real issues with me as a person not just me in relationships 
but stubbornness. Like Mm. I'm incredibly stubborn and I've been working on that so much. And I like, I think I have fixed it. Like stubbornness, my temper, overcoming, being selfish. Um, And then there are things that are more related to relationships, like maintaining a sense of drive and identity, whether in a relationship or not. Yeah. Um, Expressing appreciation and like genuine compromise, just things that I need to work on, things that you need to work on for yourself, not for anybody else. Yeah. Just to be the best version of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite one, which we briefly discussed in episode one of like part one of this is your non-negotiables in a relationship. So after my first big breakup, I made that list and it meant I was single for five years, but that was okay because it meant that the next relationship I got in, it it had the much higher chance of succeeding because I knew what I could and couldn't handle within a relationship. Um, Mm -hmm. So this doesn't have to be like, you can write out your dream person all you want, but at the end of the day, like you're not going to actually care about hair color unless you're one of those like weird straight people on the bachelor. That's another list that we've got coming up. Yeah. Um, so yeah. You, you can, that's, you know, that's coming up, but like non-negotiables, like for example, for me, a non-negotiable for me, which wasn't a need met in my first relationship was travel. Like I love to travel. Mm-hmm. I love to move countries. And my first main ex, he is very much like stay and live in his main big city and then move to a smaller town later. And he's done that. And I'm so happy for him. That's his life. That's not going to work for me. So when I was dating people who were like that, I was like, there's literally no point in you know, making this official or, you know, falling more and more in love. Cause I'm like, you're just not going to do that. And then we'll break up down the line for a very foreseeable reason. So yeah. yeah, taking your experience in your last relationship and translating it into a, what you need to look for in your next one. All right, Maddie, you tackle this one. You did well. <laughs> These are two lists that I wrote when I was clearly in like a mindset where I was like, maybe having a, a week day. Where I was like, and that's not a bad thing, but it's like some days I'm like, I'm fine and I might be sad, but I'm not getting back together. This would have been on a day where I was feeling like, yeah, oh, could we not just get back together? Would it not just be easier? This is on page 29, which means it's probably <laughs> about four days in. Um, Jesus, let's see. I just want to see actually when it was. No, it was five days in. Um, <laughs> yeah. And this is a list that I wrote of, I would only reconcile if which are like, even if he came back and was like, I fucked up, let's get back together. Yeah, on his hands if and knees begging for it, yeah. If these factors are not present, I will not do it. And these are like very specific to my relationship, but some of them are things like um, firm commitment to change and specific ideas as to how. Yeah. Like it was me sitting down and thinking, what would it take for us to go from where we are now to a functional, ideal relationship that would be worth it? Yeah, not just, like, one that kind of works. Like, one that's, like, this is what we actually want for the rest of our lives. Even It if we should be your best else. option, yes. not a compromise. And these are all very big things. This was not me going, these are things we can fix. This is me saying, I will not allow myself to get back in a relationship with yeah. this person unless all of these are happening. And then on the opposite page, I wrote another list called, Why Would I Even Want That? Um and there are very few points on this page. But and but the thing is, like, you still write them down. Like I can look at these, and even at the time I was like, I know these aren't these these aren't enough. Yeah. Like some of them were that I didn't want to split the pets up. Like yeah. that was sad. And like I didn't want to have to miss him forever. Yeah. You know? I don't miss him forever. I you know, like it's okay. You <laughs> yeah. will get over it. But it is important to also allow yourself the to write things to like that down. That. Yeah. And I remember at the time when I was writing this list, I was like, I need to think of more. This doesn't look good. I need to think of more for this page if I want to convince myself we can get back together. Yeah. Um, 
Which is probably a sign. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But sometimes you have to indulge. Sometimes you got to let yourself do that shit. Yeah. Especially when you're five days into it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You're allowed that space then. Yeah. But yeah, no, that's a really good way of dissecting if it's even actually an option as well. Because you might do all that and then be like, "Mm, okay, well now I really need to move on because the chances of all this happening is very, very unlikely. Yeah, and all the reasons that I would want it are, like, me not wanting to feel bad for Yeah, and not because, like, like, I think he's the love of my life and I want to have a future with him. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, You can also talk about what is currently serving... Sorry, what isn't currently serving you. You do this one, actually, Maddie. I don't really know much. This is another one I wrote the same fucking night. I think this is one of the days that I did, like, 14 pages. Um, This list is kind of just... However your brain works for you to get it straight, just figure it out. And one of the things that I needed to do was write a list of what isn't serving me and what to replace that with. So it's some of them are really basic. It's like, what isn't serving me? Inaction. Replace with action, Action. obviously. Like, what isn't serving me? Waiting for outside help. Replace with initiative. Like, what isn't serving me? Pettiness and lashing out. Replace with (laughs) communication. Um, Like... Or what isn't serving me? Combativeness replaced with reflection. Like figuring out, I wrote the list of the things that were not serving me, like negative habits or emotions or whatever, states of being. And then I went down and just wrote a keyword that made me feel like it balanced it out for each of those. And this is a list that like you could make, you might not have to make it, but like it helped me at the time. So I think as well, an important, this is just a general therapy thing that I've learned is that Mm -hmm. sometimes things that you do or the ways that you act are things that did actually serve you at some point in time. So like, Mm -hmm. for example, you know, someone might be more argumentative and stubborn or combative or something like that, but that's because it served them at a, I'm not saying you Maddie, but I'm saying like that Mm -hmm. could have served them at a certain point in time where to protect themselves, they had to be stubborn. They had to stand their ground or they wouldn't be able to get through a certain situation. And so a lot of the time we do actually, you know, form these habits that are designed to protect us and they do their job and it's difficult to kind of look at things that are no longer serving you and the ways that you need to adjust and let go. So I've had a lot of things in that I've had to work through in therapy where I'm like, no, this is just the way I am. This is how I do it. And then it's like, actually, I do that because it helped me get through a certain time or it's helped me in a certain relationship that isn't there anymore. And here's how we use it going forward. So yeah, that in general is very good. Yeah, and some of mine are things that are just, like, all, have always been who I am that aren't great. Like, resisting change is a big thing for me. Yeah. And being stubborn. But even that, like, I'm not trying but, to, like, therapize you there, but, like, you, you know, you had a lot of change when you were younger, so that was probably something yeah. that you, you know, put your flag in the mud being like, no, I'm not having that happen anymore to protect you. Oh, I know you. why it happened, yeah. but it's not, like, a relationship thing, but it is still something that post-breakup, if I want to grow, I'm going to address yeah. that because I don't want to be like that in the future. Yeah. But then there are certain things that were things that came up in my relationship like I shut down emotionally and became very combative yeah like I would get very angry and defensive because I was going through like low-key emotional trauma in my relationship yeah like and my ex was not abusive he's not horrible but like it was you you weren't in a good mental health space there yeah yeah and so I can identify it is all just about growth yeah it's about growing working through the pain and also improving yourself and you have to be able to identify the things that need to change if you're going to get better. Yeah. And because we are both trendsetters and goal setters, 
We also think you should write out your objectives for the breakup. Like, what do you want? Like, set some actual solid goals for the post-breakup makeover you. And I'm not saying, like, you know, makeover, like, do your hair or whatever. It's like, what are you trying to get out of this? Yeah, and my my goals, my objectives for the breakup were actually objectives for how I wanted to conduct myself through the breakup process. Mm -hmm. So, like I said in part one, like, my main goal was just to be kind. Like, that yeah. was just, I want to get through this, I want to be kind. Set boundaries, communicate well, don't rehash the past. Remain on the same team as much as possible. Protect my own well-being. Um, retain my own integrity, regardless of however he may act. Save my emotions for my support system. Really process the fact that he is none of my business. And gain a strong sense of independence. So it's not just how do I want to be after this breakup, it's how do I want to conduct myself yeah. through the process of this breakup and in how, whatever kind of interactions we have to have and however I have to treat this person. Yeah. We also like a list of hard things that you've done because I also like doing this because depression. Um, but in general, acknowledging that you've been able to do some very difficult things during this time is important. Yeah, making this list at any point is great. Yeah. Like if you're just overwhelmed, writing a to-done list yeah. Yeah. And some of them are big. Some of them are small, like everything else. I know I'm going into a lot of detail with this, but it's like, That's if you good. are genuinely going through a breakup right now, you don't want us to stop talking. You're like, please tell me what to write <laughs> on my list. Um, but I wrote one for the first week of the breakup. And it was like, some of them are things like just coping emotionally. Yeah. Um, I dealt with a moth incident by myself. Um, <laughs> I felt like I found a new vet. I took care of my dog. Um just living alone, rearranging my space, like, and fully experiencing my emotions. Like, I just wrote a lot of things that were just like, cool, I got through this. And then also there are like technical admin things that I got done that were difficult. Yeah. Um, but just giving yourself like a congrats and acknowledging that like even getting up when you're going through heartbreak is really fucking hard. Yeah. So give yourself prompts for that. Um, should we just skip the next song? Because we kind of did that in the things you didn't like in a relationship. Was this signs it wasn't right? Yeah. I, I think that's honestly, a, it's a separate list. Well, I know okay. this is, a lot of this was me rehashing the same kind of stuff. Okay. But signs it wasn't right are, it's also for you learning going forward because it is, some of them are red flags and some of them are just things that you were like, mm, I don't know. Like, oh, these get a bit dark. Um, <laughs> so signs it wasn't right are just like, like I didn't feel really listened to. And mm -hmm. that was something that I overlooked, but that's a sign that this relationship, not that this person's bad, but this yeah. relationship isn't right. I often would imagine if I would be okay alone, like I would think about that. Yeah. And that's something I hadn't done. Like in other relationships, I'd be like, would I be okay? But this one, I was like, realistically, I'd sit down and I'd be like, would, would I be okay if we broke up? Yeah. And that was for me, a sign that probably wasn't right. I felt like we had fundamentally different dispositions. Like I'm very optimistic and up. Mm. And he is realistic to the point where it's depressing sometimes. <laughs> and that didn't work. Sometimes that can balance out. But I felt like that wasn't right. Yeah. Um, we rarely had stimulating conversations. Yeah, that was And I was like, is one. this my problem? But like, no, I'm really fucking fun to talk to. <laughs> and again, he's fine. But together, there was something that wasn't working. And so you can have signs it wasn't right in your interactions, but then you can also have signs it wasn't right in just the way you are thinking about your relationship and yeah. also in your own behavior. Like I lost interest in listening to music. And that for yeah. me is like, honey, that's depression, but also that relationship is not right for you. Yeah. Um, 
And it can be really helpful to look back once you're a little bit removed and be like, here are different signs that like, you know what, even though it felt like this breakup came out of nowhere, it, it probably didn't. There were probably yeah. signs that there were areas where you both deserve better. You both deserve to be more compatible. You should be so excited about the person you're with. Like, it's not the whole relationship. You're not like, woohoo, 24-7. But, like, you should, when you think about your wedding, you should be excited. Yeah. You know? Mm, yeah, so. <laughs> I forgot about some of the chats here. that we had where it was like, this is a red flag. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I, when I was in love with someone when I was, like, 20, I was like, I'm going to make a Pinterest board of our wedding. And when I was thinking about literally marrying the guy I lived with for three years, I was like, do we need to do it? We could elope. Yeah, the way that, like, so, you went you know. from, like, having Pinterest boards when you weren't even with someone, and yeah. then you would be like, I don't know if, like, I want to get married. Like, oh, if, if he proposed, I would absolutely say no. And this is when, no, like, I would have said yes. I would have said yes. That's the scary part. Yeah. But you would always just be like, oh, yeah, like, I feel like we just have, like, a small one, da-da-da. And I was like, that's not the Italian grand. Like, like, no. <laughs> like, I don't because it's like, it we were Italy, fine. But- and that's the key word. Like, we yeah. were really good friends. Yeah. There were elements of the relationship that were great. Like, we, yeah. we were so comfortable with each other. And he was he was very caring. And, like, yeah. there were reasons that we were together for so long. And there Definitely. are elements of it that, like, it is sad that are over. But yeah. you should be, if you're going to be with someone for the rest of your life, you should be excited about them. You should feel like you are having fun. Yeah. And you should feel understood and listened to yeah like with riley just as like a contrast like i'm excited for every stage of our life like i'm excited for like a few years when we can go traveling again when we can have our wedding i'm excited for when we're like in a retirement home and like everything in between like it's all exciting to me (laughs) yeah and it can even be like apprehension towards compromise is a sign that maybe you're not 100 percent in it like Mm -hmm. i've there's a situation in my life currently where um i think about certain things that with my ex i would have been like absolutely not but with this new situation, I'm like, eh, maybe those same things I feel so excited about. Yeah. Like so excited or things that I would have been like, absolutely no before this. I'm like, maybe I'll think about it. Yeah. And like, I'm not, I'm not with any, like I'm not dating anyone yeah. seriously, but it is just that contrast of like, I wasn't willing to compromise because I knew that it wasn't right for me. Yeah. And I didn't pay attention to that. And this is where I think you can start to, do a little soul searching and figure out what it is within yourself that you were ignoring because you were afraid of change. And there were certain situations I would avoid because I would be like, I don't want this to trigger something where I realize we shouldn't be together or, you know, like just avoiding things. So you don't have to face the fact that maybe this relationship that's comfortable with a person you do love isn't right for you. And that's fucking scary. Yeah. And if you have ignored that, that's fine. We all do that. But now is the time to go back and figure out what those signs were that you were ignoring so you don't do it again. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. And it also makes you feel better because you're like, look, these things were wrong. Yeah. The next list that is a lot more fun is making a list for what you want in a future partner. So like boyfriend, girlfriend, oh, yeah. whoever. Like I, I love this step because it's just so fun to be like, I'm going to build the perfect person here. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and it also helps you to remember that like, there are other things out there. Like wh- it's hard to think about future romantic prospects when you're going through a breakup, but designing that perfect person being like, that actually is an option now. Like that wasn't an option when you were in a relationship because you were in a relationship, but now you've mm-hmm. written out this perfect person. Like that isn't a no now. That's exciting. Yeah. 
And I remember when we first, after the breakup, like the idea of dating someone new didn't like super upset me. With my first breakup, it did. I was like, I can't imagine looking at my child and not having your face look back at me. Whereas with this one, <laughs> with this one, I was like, I, I'm fine with the idea of dating, but I was like, ugh. Yeah, like, you just hate going effort. out there. Like you just. But now like... I've loved dating. Like yeah. since I've got back into it, I'm like, hell yeah. Like I'm so into it. Um, but when I was writing my list of what I want in a boyfriend, it's two full pages and it like came out so fast. I felt like the universe was speaking through me and I was like yeah. manifesting this guy. And it's very specific. I feel like you're like, I want someone who's a brunette who lives in this area. That is the like, first thing. Yeah. Brunette. I'm like brunette, tall, probably a bit tanned. Yeah. Um, great sense of humor. Knows I'm hilarious. Um, very intelligent, capable of A plus combos and banter. Yeah. Like those are the sort of things but then as you get further down yeah i'm like i want someone who hypes me up in every area Mm. obviously i'm never gonna be with someone who makes me feel like shit but i want someone who actively like is like you look fucking amazing this podcast episode was phenomenal yeah like i want someone who hypes me up because i know that now that i need that yeah i'm just looking through my actual list and it is yeah it definitely i think the purpose of this one because i've been trying to differentiate what the purposes of the different lists are honestly it's just getting through shit but this is my master list. Yeah. So this is where I did write down all the non-negotiables, all the qualities, all the superficial things, all the little details. So that when I do start dating people, I will read through this list and I'll see if there are things that they don't match up on. Also, when I was in U4, I did a very similar thing where I wrote down <laughs> what my dream guy was like. And then we um, uh-huh. ripped it up into paper and then set it on fire and threw it into the night. Um mm-hmm. And I think that was a really great way of summoning our dream man at the age of nine. <laughs> I think that's phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely. But this list I do need to be able to refer back to. Yeah, rip and burn like the photocopy. <laughs> to be honest, the people that I've been on dates with so far, most of them have matched up with most of these. Yeah. But there have been a couple where I'm like, Mm-mm, no. Um, the one we're contending with at the moment is um, lives near me. So that's an interesting one. Yeah. But, you, you we, know. we both and have then, never been able to hit that one. <laughs> no, we haven't. It's a, an ongoing struggle. Um but like one of mine is has a moon cult adjacent vibe. They don't need mm-hmm. to be into the moon cult, but I need to feel as though they aren't stifling my vibe. I you think know? that's important to you because you're very sensitive to the like the energy of the energy life. around you and the environments that you're in. And that was one of the main things that I noticed in your relationship where it's like it wasn't a bad thing for the other person. Like they just had a different vibe. But I was like, Maddie needs that bit of insanity around yeah. her at all times. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, like, it is it is really important to write this list because, first of all, it'll make you really excited. It gives you, like, some sort of idea of, like, that there is someone else out there for you. I don't believe that there's one person for everyone at all. I think there are a lot of people for all of us. Nominate Miss um, Queen. you know you know me like i i don't believe in one person for everyone but i do believe that there are like specific people you have connections to and that the universe does intervene and is like maybe this one right now yeah um but it is it's just really fun to make that list and it also will help you when you start dating because when you start dating good god please don't like rebound and settle don't Don't rebound and settle do Do whatever the hell you want like rebound but don't rebound and settle absolutely yeah and the final one is just making a list of the best things that you've done for yourself post breakup bit of self-love now i've realized i've written some more lists that i didn't write down here and that's because these are things like um ways to feel like i'm coming out on top (laughs) 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 which is just a list of like ways to like feel really hot and successful and like yeah (laughs) one of my and i haven't looked at this since january 
One of my favourites is Date But Privately. And I've done quite well at that. You date have. But Privately. Aside from the podcast, well, the podcast doesn't count. No, the podcast is my BFFs. Yes. Um, this is our diary. So that's, that's a fun list that I made. God. So yeah, best things I've done for myself post-breakup. Journaling everything is number one, guys. Um, the voice notes, crying a lot, leaving the house, going for walks, tackling things that seem difficult, talking to my friends about how I feel, fake tanning, shout out to fake tanning, um, listening to good music, cleaning, decluttering, rearranging as I go, allowing the bargaining phase to happen and pass, keeping communication nor- minimal and being civil, forcing myself to think of it as 100% over, desensitizing myself to smells, photos, etc. ASAP. And observing examples of good relationships. Fair. Those were all, I think that was a good list to actually read out. So that's why. Yeah, I that's it. a good one. Yeah, that um, makes sense. But yeah, even when I would watch YouTube videos of people that were like so different to me, mm. I would pick up on like little ways that they would treat each other. And I was like, that wasn't there in my last relationship. And that is something that I want. Yeah. So just like, yeah. Cute. And also I touched on desensitizing myself to photos, etc. I literally went through my phone and would look at photos of my ex and videos of my ex and be like, we, we can do this. It's mm-hmm. not going to affect me. And it doesn't affect me. Now, I was saying to Fiona earlier today, if a photo pops up of like my ex and the cat, I feel really sad because I miss the cat and I feel nothing when I look at him. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so, you know, it does work. These techniques do work. And I'm a very emotional little darling. So if yeah, I can yeah. do it, you can. Um, there's another list here of things to keep in perspective. Mm -hmm. which is really helpful. Um, And these are all going to be very personal. Like the first one is just, this wasn't my choice. So there's nothing for me to second guess. And that's just something I need to remind myself. Like this isn't my thing to question. He's made the choice. I just deal with it. The fact I imagined things turning out differently or felt very hopeful at certain points slash saw them as the, the first of many milestones does not need to be an inherently sad or negative thing. Mm -hmm. So like the fact you thought things would go differently that can just be a fact. It doesn't have to be something that destroys you when you think about it. Yeah. Like, just write lists whenever you feel like you need to write lists, basically. Another one I wrote was what I'd do differently this time around. As in, like, I think this was deep in my bargaining phase. So, like, if we did get back together, what would I do differently? Um, this is not a list you need to put together unless you are going through a real low one night and you're like, what would I do differently? Um... <laughs> Insist on therapy is number one. Yeah, So valid. that's good. Um, and then to wrap up this whole notebook, I wrote a bunch of dot points of things that are just vital to remember, which was like things like assume he's moving on unless explicitly told otherwise. Yeah. Um, oh, here was a really good thing that I kept reminding myself. There may be a future version of myself begging me not to push to get back with him. 100%. I mean, when you told me that one, I was like, yep, yep, yep. Yeah. And then I went through the whole journal and I just wrote down all the key points from all my own journal entries. And it was really, really helpful because then I don't need to read back through this whole book. I can just read through this last list and it gets all the important stuff down. And it also just helped me to feel like I was wrapping up that first part of the grieving process. Yeah. But yeah, that is my giant, giant journaling section. I love it. The next couple we've kind of already touched on. So if you haven't Mm -hmm. listened to part one, definitely go back and do that. Um, But we need you guys to keep busy in like a very healthy way, not an avoidant one. Like make plans with your friends. Talk to people who actually care about you. uh, Well, without talking to your friends, your ex's friends, because we don't need that sort of drama right now. Um, And yeah, it, it's hard, but just like learn how to be, or maybe not, you maybe don't need to learn how to do it. Maybe it's easy for you, but being vulnerable, opening up, 
to people and making plans with people and trying to live your life as normal as you can is the best thing you can do. Yeah, so you can confront your emotions, which you have to do, but you need to balance that with going out and doing things. And also when you're talking to your friends about what's going on, actually listen to what they're saying. Like take on board what they're saying to you. Easier said than done, honestly. Because you're like, you're not in my heart. But, like, listen to what they're saying. <laughs> no, Just no, no, listen you. to what they're saying. Yeah. yeah. Um, the next big one is to accept that you're not a team anymore, which mm-hmm. sucks because you've gone really for so hard. long, usually with someone being by your side and making these plans for your future. But, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. It's just kind of difficult to remind yourself that, like, this is no longer you two together. It's like you have to take care of yourself even if it isn't the best thing for them. Like, maybe they would love to have your attention still, but that's not what you need. probably would are for an ego. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like, they might love to have you messaging them and you know that it feels good if you're taking care of them or sending them care packages or whatever, looking after them when they're sick. That's not your job anymore. You're not on the same team. Prioritize no, yourself. Also, oh, my God. Someone's vacuuming out in my freaking hallway. Damn. But we're going to keep going, guys. I'm sorry. Because yeah. we just have to get this done. It's dark and my groceries are coming. Um... <laughs> You're not a team on an admin level. Like, you have to learn how to do things on your own. Yeah. But also, you are both going through something shit. God, I'm just fucked if Riley and I break up because I can't do laundry anymore. I've forgotten how. <laughs> but yeah, you're not a team anymore. And that means a lot of different stuff for different people. It's incredibly hard to accept. But that is something you need to yeah. get your head around. You're not a team anymore. Yeah. And they are not going to be acting like a team with you. So they're going to start doing things that probably will hurt you. And that doesn't mean they're a bad person. It just means... They are they are their own person now. You're your own person. And the sooner you accept that, the better. Yeah. Uh, also great to make small but significant changes around yourself. So we've already talked about completely cleansing your space and yourself as the first step. But even little things like maybe picking up a new hobby, incorporating a new recipe into your routine, just adjusting your life in very subtle ways so it doesn't feel like the one that you were living with them just mm-hmm. helps you to go over it a bit. Just a little bit. Yeah, even if it's just like getting a new air freshener so your apartment smells different when you come home. Yeah. Little things. You love it. It's also really important that you just let yourself feel how you feel. We've already talked about kind of going with the flow of your emotions and not having any expectations on yourself about that. But yeah, just a general reminder again, if you're sad, you can be sad. If you feel good, then honestly just go with that because honestly that worked out really well for Maddie this time. She yeah. was suddenly feeling better. And I'm like, I will capitalize on this. And obviously it went up and down. Like it was, it went up a lot at the start and then it went down again. But it was important to remind like you at that time. And you reminded yourself as well, obviously, that like, it's okay that it wasn't just up, up, up after the breakup. Yeah. Well, because obviously after he moved out, we got a lot out in the open. So I had another like really hard couple of weeks. And then I was permanently fine because I didn't have any big milestones left to get over. Yeah. Um, And also like, journaling is great for this because i realized that i was feeling worse when i felt okay because i was scared i'd feel bad again and then i wrote down something about it and was like get over that bitch just be happy yeah Yeah. um next don't compare your breakup to other people's and i mean this on every level every breakup's different don't compare this breakup to your last one as in don't expect it to go the same um you can compare it to your last one if you're like wow this is so much better great yeah but 
don't look at other people and how they're handling their breakup and compare it to yours. Because first of all, you don't know how they're actually feeling. Yeah, you're not in their brain. And you don't know what their relationship was like. You don't know how they both operate as people. Just don't compare your breakup to other people's breakups. It is not helpful. It won't make you feel better and it won't change anything. Yeah. Also, don't make excuses for the other person. And this is part of not being on the same team anymore. Because often if you're in a relationship... You will make excuses for the little things that they do. Hopefully you're not excusing red flags and we hope that you're not, but you will tend to be like, oh, actually they're going through this or they're feeling this, whatever. You're not on the same team anymore. Don't bother. Don't do it. Yeah. And (laughs) this is one that you will, you'll have to train yourself to do this because you're so used to being on their side. Yeah. And it's also drawing on and it makes you feel better temporarily to be like, oh, they've only done this because of that. So it's Mm. not actually because of me. It's drawing a line between um, considering factors that can be an explanation for something and then not allowing those to turn into an excuse. For example, like my ex did this, did A, B, and C, and these factors played in. So maybe he broke up with me because of that. And it's like, you know what? Maybe he did break up with you because of that. But the bottom line is he still broke up with you. He still did that. No one forced him to do it. Yeah. Like, and you making excuses for them is it's not constructive. No. It's just you trying to delay accepting that this person has made the choice to not be with you. Yeah. Or that you've made that choice because you saw that it was the right thing to do. Yeah. Remember that hard situations will arise in the future, but by the time they do, you'll be in a much better position to handle them than you are right now worrying about them. We did touch on this earlier, but... Stop again, doing the hypotheticals. Just- <laughs> You will feel like shit. You're going to feel like you'll always feel like shit. You'll feel like something that really hurts when you think about it now will hurt if it happens down the line. It won't. You will feel better. Things will be easier to handle. You are in your most raw and vulnerable state right now. Yeah. It'll be okay. Also, if you have any like major, like not necessarily red flags, but major things where you're like, we are not compatible. And that really stands out to me right now. Keep Mm -hmm. that at the front of mind when you're going through the breakup. So for me, in my when my ex and I broke up, I was like, he wants to stay in one place for the rest of the life. He doesn't want to travel. Like, this will not work. This could never have worked. And I just kept that. And same with the other ex. I was like, this one fucked me around so much that that is not the person I want to be with. Yeah. And this also helps with things that happen during the actual breakup. Like, during the breakup event, my ex said to me, he was like, I think we just want different things in life. And I was like, I know that's bullshit. And I talked to him when we were having our conversation <laughs> when he moved out. I was like, I don't feel like that's true. I feel like you just said that because you were saying what you thought people say during a breakup. And he was like, <laughs> yeah, correct. That, 100%, yeah. But me just remembering that he'd said, we want different things in life. And also him saying, I don't think we have that much in common. Whether he meant those or not, I'm like, those things came out of your mouth. And those are things that are important for me to actually remember. Yeah. And they were little anchors that helped me want to move on whenever I thought about them so I think the key is more like remembering the things that do tell your brain get get past this you also want to set really clear boundaries on things that you can talk to your ex about and then essentially just leave all the rest for your friends or your journal so like if you need to talk to your ex about you know things like admin like if you have pets that you're dealing with bills anything like that or like maybe a wedding that you have to be like by the way making it clear we're not going to that together or you know what Maddie? Remember that time that um, 
someone and I broke up and then they asked me if I was still going to be taking them to Paris to see Panic at the Disco because I've got them tickets for I their birthday. Yeah, good time. I so that, that was a good time to communicate to an ex and say, hey, actually, when I bought you those, uh, that entire trip to Paris and tickets to see Panic at the Disco in Paris, uh, the place you would you want to go to. You had on my heart. Yeah. yeah, you hadn't done that. So I will no longer be going with you and I'll be finding friends to go with you instead. Um, so sometimes admin is necessary <laughs> in moments like that. Um, but everything yeah. else you need to give to your friends. Like they're no longer your emotional support. That's just, it sucks, but that's what you have to deal with. Turn yeah, to your friends. And you're also not just chatting to them about your day. Like it's not so much, okay, yeah. what am I not going to talk to them about anymore? It's like, no, pick the thing that you do have to talk and to that's them about. It. And everything else is for your friends and your people in your journal. Exactly. So bills and tickets to see Panic! at the Disco in Paris you, you can keep that on the table, but everything else, like, hey, I'm bored, or I saw an inside joke thing that we used to have, or I'm picking up your favorite food, or I went to our restaurant. No, none of that. No, absolutely not. Yeah. Absolutely not. Nothing. Um, we already did touch on don't make excuses for them, but another thing to remember with that is that if they wanted to explain themselves, yeah. or they wanted to change things, they would do that. Yeah. I literally said to my ex, look, we are we're broken up, we are not getting back together. That's how we're both operating from this point on. If there is ever a point when you're starting to think in your mind, this could work in the future, I need you to promise me that you will just tell me so that I know 100%, if you're not telling me you think it could work again, you're not thinking that. Yeah. And you don't have to go to that extreme. That was just something I was like, I need to say this so that I- No, but that's like a healthy boundary to put up. It. Like I've done that sort yeah. of thing with exes in the past where I'm just like- you have to communicate this to me because I'm sick of like wondering and spending my time stressing about this. Like, yeah, you have but just think about it. If it were you, if you wanted to fix something, you wanted to explain yourself or you wanted to change things, you would be doing that. And so would they. Yeah. So if they're not, it is not your job to understand what they are not willing to explain to you yeah. as hard as that can be. And the final thing is to avoid completely vilifying your ex in your mind. And this can be hard. If your ex is genuinely an abusive asshole, Obviously do it, yeah. And most of this just hasn't applied to you anyway. Yeah. Um, But it is good to remember the things you weren't happy with without tricking yourself into thinking someone who's actually fine um, is a complete dickhead just because later on, you're going to have to confront the fact that this person isn't a monster. Yeah, and it can be harder. It can be hard. (laughs) Yeah, because if you're like, I hate this person, they're horrible, and then you see them and they're a normal person who doesn't have devil horns and isn't yelling at you, you won't have actually healed from the reality of what you've lost. And you might be like, oh, maybe. And then it's like, no, hun, not me. Exactly. You need to be realistic about who it is that you are getting over and the fact that you were with them for a reason. Um, But also that you broke up for a reason. (laughs) Yeah, you you broke up for a reason, obviously, but you don't want to tip off the other end where you're like, fuck this person, I hate them. Yeah. Because that will postpone your healing. And you can do that in moments. Like, we love a list where it's like, fuck this person, but do it in moments. Don't, like, let it take over the whole narrative. Absolutely. Like, we will have conversations where I'm like, I just remember this fucked up thing about my relationship. Yeah, and I'm like, fuck that guy. (laughs) Yeah, but overall, I'm like, he is a fucking lovely person. He is such a good person, and he was so good to me in so many ways. And it's important for me and my healing and moving on to acknowledge that because that relationship was important to me. He was important to me. I loved him a lot. And if I treat the memory of that relationship with respect, 
it's a lot easier for me to then set it aside and move on than if I'm fixating on like trying to tear it apart and like living in a weird delusion world where it was a nightmare that it wasn't, you know? Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Keep it, keep it in perspective, you know? And those are our, those are our tips tips for getting through a breakup. Not getting over. Um, We'll do that another time, but getting through. Getting over. Yeah. And we, you'll notice that we haven't mentioned anything about dating other people. That's because this is the, like, this is the immediate aftermath where you're trying to even get to the point where you can consider dating other people. Like this is that like immediate oomph part. And that's such a personal thing. Like for some people, like going out and sleeping with people genuinely does help them feel like they're moving on whereas for me it would have been a terrible (laughs) idea you know like so do whatever you want it's your life um but i will say when you're ready to start dating i think you'll know like for me one of my um signs was i needed to know that if my ex came up on a dating app it wouldn't upset me true i need to be emotionally ready to confront that as a possibility so yeah play it by ear if you are going through a breakup right now our dms are always open i'm always down for talking about breakups truly i really do recommend just seeking out content that is about breakups because it will make you feel less alone in the first few days it honestly fucked me up i remember listening to adele and being like what do you mean other people have experienced this you can survive this like insane it is crazy and if this is your first proper breakup god and you feel like the world is ending it is (laughs) that's very normal you will feel like the world is ending don't let anyone tell you you should be over things if you're not as long as you are not pushing your pain onto someone else yeah and you're not overstepping any boundaries and you're also not any danger to yourself yeah you're fine deal with it however you need to deal with it if you wake up one day feeling fine fantastic if you wake up one day after you've thought you were fine and you feel like shit that happens you know yeah Oh, I just feel horrible. for all the people going through that first breakup because God, that just fucking sucks. That first breakup, genuinely, uh, we talked. If you want to hear about first breakups, listen to our first ever episode because we both breakups. talked about our first heartbreaks, and it, the tone of that is dead ass. I was like, I'd rather be miserable for the rest of my life than ever wake up and not be in love with him. Yeah. So if you're feeling like that, go to episode one, <laughs> international breakups. If you want to hear me crying, um, yeah. listen to Maddie got dumped. If you want to hear us talking about the positives of a breakup, creepily foreshadowing my own dumping a couple months <laughs> earlier, listen to positives of a breakup. Um, and I'm sure we'll have more, more heartbreak centric episodes coming soon. We will. If you're going through shit. Check us a DM at Hey Cabin Fever on Instagram. We're also on Twitter and TikTok. Woo-hoo. And get a freaking journal. Get a journal. You love to see it. And a and a dog. I don't get a dog. No, that's Maddie. Too much response. Going on walks has been the best thing. Yeah, for you me don't need a dog up. to go on walks. I need a dog to go on walks. <laughs> okay, we will don't see you guys. Don't impulse buy a dog. <laughs> Jesus. We will love talk you. to you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye.